All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We got a good episode for you today. It's a bit on the shorter side with Kevin Kisner, but I promise you will enjoy it. Uh, we're finally into the PGA Tour off season, and it may be November, but the epic driver from Callaway is not done piling up the trophies. Congratulations to South Africa's own Brandon Grace, winning with an all-Callaway bag at the Ned Bank Challenge on Sunday. Flawless final round 66. Uh, and it seems like a good time to mention that the great big Bertha Epic is the number one selling driver of 2017 and will make a perfect gift for this holiday season. Go to CallawayGolf.com slash gift guide for more details. Also want to mention while you're making your Christmas wish list to make sure that PGA Tour Live is on your wish list. Uh, $40, $39.99 for the entire year and it's something that you're going to use uh, week in and week out. Be sure to check that out at PGATourLive.com. Now let's get to Kevin Kisner. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Joined, this is well five months late. We were supposed to do one at the Players Championship, and I ended up not. I'm missing it. But Kevin Kisner, we finally made it happen. So we can blame that one on you, right? That was on me. That, right, well, it wasn't on me. What sure. happened was a uh, I was flying from Europe uh, to the Players, and a guy two seats in front of me, an 88 year old man, died on my flight. Yeah, that's not cool, is that, it? So I don't know if you want to put I that had, on me. I had one flight uh, coming home from New Zealand that did that. I was sitting there, and this old man got up from his seat and face-planted. And all I could think about was we we're going to have to turn around and go back, and I'm not going to get home for two more days. <laughs> so but, you didn't care about the guy that no, face-planted? No, I kind of did, but I was a little selfish. A little selfish. And <laughs> was, I was he like, all right? Yeah, he ended up being all right. Okay, then you can out. laugh about I it. I thought it was immediate thought was like he just died we're gonna turn around we're over the ocean i'm never gonna get home this is awful that only happens on like when you're over the middle of the ocean <laughs> right, like, it's right. not gonna happen on a landline right. flight but um all right we always ask uh pros this question when was the last time you paid for golf mm, i actually paid about three years ago my friends at a we all went on a beach vacation and uh we were partying pretty heavily, so I went in really incognito, and when I handed them my card, it was like 85 bucks, and they were like, wait, are you Kevin Kisner? I was like, ah, I didn't know how to answer it. I was <laughs> it like, says I, it on your card. I don't really want to be that guy today. <laughs> so that was about it. <laughs> but you can call up places and just play for, play for free. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. Everybody's pretty sweet about yeah. it. Yeah. What is your, and I'm sure you've talked about this plenty, but what is your current standing uh, at Palmetto? Palmetto, I think I'm back in pretty good. You're um, in? You're yeah, good? I'm, I'm allowed to come out. Um, <laughs> there's, I don't think there's many ruffled feathers anymore. I think that's kind of swept under the rug. What, what For people that don't know the background, what what's the short version of that story? So we were doing kind of an off-the-wall Vice Sports video for Callaway, and uh, you know we were, they were trying to show it all behind the scenes, and we all got a little crazy at the end and did a little golf cart race, and one of the guys ran into like a storm culvert drain and ran the cart into it, and they didn't like that we could have damaged their property so uh they got a little ruffle feathers over that but uh, that's fair yeah that's fair and, <laughs> and uh it's not like i wouldn't have paid for the card if we'd have broken of course but, uh, they didn't like they, that they didn't yeah. like it but yeah. it's all good it's all uh taken care of under the rug yeah uh what's what's your home game look like who do you play with what kind of money do you guys play for yeah, i know we, that that series kind of touched on it but i wanted to hear you talk yeah about I, it. uh so scott brown fellow pj tour, tour player lives and plays at the same place but uh, you know, in the last couple of years, we hadn't been home on the same schedule, so we haven't been able to play much. But 
you know, we have guys, all they talk about is shots, of course, how many shots. So there's big arguments on the tee every day. And if What do you play off of then for uh, the game? For the per- so the game? I normally give them five on top of their handicap. Okay. Um, but we like to play a lot of different bets. So if you're a six, I'll give you four, five, and six aside, and uh, we'll play per hole. And But the only time I can really make up for it is if they'll let me play birdies too because obviously I'm going to make more birdies than them. So there's a lot of different games, a lot of different ways we play, and every time if I, I play well, all they talk about is they don't get enough shots. So it's, it's never let the pro win. Do you know how to play Wolfhammer? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Favorite game. What's uh, do, do you usually rake in that game then, or you – well, up. until you uh, you think you have the advantage and royally screw up and yeah. they hammer your ass back and then it's, uh, <laughs> things get flipped on you. Uh, you know, that's a that's a very strategic game on that hammer thing. And if you hammer a little too early and the stakes get high and you don't come through on your side, right. things can get out of whack pretty quick. Do you guys play with a bunch of junk, too, for dots? And uh, we'll mostly just play polies and birdies. Okay. And uh, if you don't know what polies are, hitting it approach shot inside the flag stick okay we call that a wasabi okay i don't know good. why but <laughs> we we picked up the game actually from some guys at the greenville country club we went and played oh, really? there with them yeah and uh, they have their version of it that just has junk all over the place right. like a hogan where you go fairway green two putter better that's a dot yeah if you make a putt from outside pole link that's a dot if you um if you play from one fairway over that's a sevy and if you make par better <laughs> and like the best is uh, the uh, like Saddam. If you go bunker to bunker, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a dot for the other guy. <laughs> the Adolf, if you two shots in the same bunker, that's a, oh, it, it gets wild. It's it's fun. So yeah, we play at home club sometimes. If you they call uh, Sandy's from fairway traps for pars. Okay, so I'll aim at every fairway bunker off yeah. the tee and try to make par birdie so I can rack them up. <laughs> that's how you know you've made it when you're aiming for fairway bunkers and you're just messing with people. Uh, so you're coming off, we're about a month after it, but your first President's Cup uh, experience, what, if anything, kind of surprised you about the experience? Uh, how busy we were. Yeah. You know, from Tuesday on, you know, it's nonstop as far as going to do media, going to practice, going to prepare. You know, we were in New York, so obviously the travel was a, a lot of time. And, uh, you know, you're not on your own personal schedule like a normal week. You kind of go with the flow and everybody else. So that was a little different. I mean, it seemed like from watching on TV, and again, we don't get to see every shot, and we kind of are at the mercy of the television broadcast to pick it up, but it seemed like every time you were on TV, you were striping it. Did you feel like you played excellent? Yeah, I hit the ball great, and uh, you know, I drove it really nice, which helped Phil a lot. You know, you give Phil an iron into par fours, and he's going to do pretty well. Right. So we, that's why we matched up well, and I was driving it great. He was in his irons well, so um, any hole he was driving, he kept me in play. We did okay, and... Uh, I had a great time playing with him. How'd the pairing come about? Tuesday in the team room. Really? Phil came up to me and said, uh, kids, I I really love your game. I want to play with you. Is that cool? And I was like, yeah, I, I have no problem playing with you. I'd love to play with you. Legend <laughs> you, like you played, Phil. You played in 25 of these things, yeah. and I played in zero. So I'd love to have that experience on my side. And uh, so they switched our pods around on Wednesday, and then they came out in third hole of the practice round on Wednesday and said, you and Phil are going to be paired together tomorrow. You're playing Jason Day and Mark Leishman. I was like, oh, just pair us against the best team on the team. You know, no big deal. <laughs> what other way would you have yeah, it, though? Exactly, I mean, no doubt. And then Phil fight. looked at me and said, you're teeing off on the odds. You get the first tee shot, <laughs> which I don't know if y'all got to watch that much, but first tee shot was probably the hardest tee shot on the golf course. Yeah. I'm thinking – how am I going to get this ball in the fairway on the first hole? What were the, I mean, were the nerves as real as you were expecting that first team? You know, I was telling somebody, I was as nervous that morning as I've ever been, yeah. like more than leading a major championship on Sunday morning. I was just antsy, ready to go, and uh, 
you know, my coach was like, even the first two seconds, almost like a gladiator is waiting on some king to walk out and do thumbs up or thumbs down, you know, and you're teeing up. And uh, it was a cool setting. And, and obviously the conditions were brutal that first day. The wind was blowing about 25 miles an hour. So it was uh, it was a cool experience teeing it up. And, and now I know why people say you don't want to miss one after you played in one. Yeah. I mean, everyone that kind of walks away just – and talking to a few guys on the team just talk about how much fun it was. Right. And, like, and it helped that you guys obviously played really well yeah. as a team. But the, the, the camaraderie and, the, like, the teamwork in that team room, whatnot, seemed to be kind of different than – I know you don't have any other teams right. to compare it to, but can you speak to kind of well, what I'd, that I'd environment was like? so many guys – you know 12 different guys and from all different backgrounds and different ages that just got along yeah and uh we sat in a small room about like we're sitting in every night 15 16 deep and just sat around and bs with each other and made fun of each other and you know that's where i think we uh we grew as a team and the camaraderie came from is is just hanging out and yeah. i think that's the coolest part did you feel like a rookie in that situation or were you totally fine like kind of shooting the shit with the guys oh, no and, man i was uh i'm a big ball buster so yeah. I, I was throwing it around pretty good and and i think the younger guys like that about me because i don't really care who you are i'm gonna give it to you yeah and uh i, I wasn't holding back any for sure there might have been a few drinks involved and uh <laughs> a few trash talks from from a resin from that what's the what's big cat like in those team rooms oh man he's cool he he has that outlook of like he's so fo just what you see on on course yeah you know he's he's like that in there and uh obviously he was the brunt of a lot of jokes during the week from from all his transgressions over the last few years so we, we had a few uh few jokes lined up for him does he laugh at those oh he, he does yeah. laughing he's like a little kid in the candy store because he could take it right oh yeah he yeah. Could take it. and then and then he always busts out about how many times he's won and yeah, everybody shuts up and, that's and, kind and, of yeah. the guy too that's what uh speed was telling telling the story on the podcast about how uh he was talking he was talking shit to Patrick Reed during a match at the Ryder Cup. Like, oh, I'm sure. you can't, until you win 74 more times, you right. can't talk. Yeah. He was, Reed was talking shit to yeah. him. But uh, that, that that kind of like internal competition thing is, I think, what kind of fueled that team. And, and that fuels Tiger. You know, that Tiger's one guy the whole week was Patrick Reed and, and Jordan Spieth. That's who his group was all week because he loves that. And he yeah. loves that Patrick's as intense as he is. And, and they go at each other. So it's pretty cool. Do you think that that kind of serves as a bit of motivation for him to get back out? Out there i mean does that were uh, guys I, kind of ribbing on that i think that team competition you know we asked him if he had hit any balls that week and he's like hadn't done anything but 60 yards but he said after this i'm i'm ramping it up so we kind of forecasted saw what was going to happen after that and and as we see he'll be playing in a couple weeks the return of the stinger yeah um the dance on the 18th green <laughs> with phil whose idea was that that was phil's that was phil's idea so we that morning in the team room he's like we gotta have a handshake I don't know what you want to do. So I kind of came up with that uh, handshake we did where we blew up the knuckles. And then uh, the so, next day, he's like, all right, we got to have something for a big moment. And <laughs> and he pulls up this gif of the three amigos. And he's like, this is it, kids. This is it. So he literally popped up and said, let's do it one time. And we did it one time. And he's like, all right, we got it. And I'm like, we ain't got that. Dude. <laughs> Out there on the course with no chance we're pulling that off. So that 18th hole, I whipped it in the water, leave him out on his own. Uh, we were all square, and he hits a great shot. And walking off that tee, he put his arm around me and goes, when I make this effing putt, we're doing the Three Amigos dance. And literally, he walked up there and buried it like the champ that he is. <laughs> and I, I mean, was there any thought to, like, all right, we are crushing these guys. Maybe this isn't the, isn't the best idea. Or are you just like, I don't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. No. <laughs> he loves it, man. And, uh, you know, I wish he got to putt last and we did it. Yeah. But uh, it was still cool and, and – uh, 
after looking back, if Leash would have made his, it would have been cooler, even though we won and right. we would have the match. But uh, it, it was a fun experience. It's funny. To, I don't know if you got to see on the broadcast, but like all the, all the te- your whole team was there on the side. And they knew it was coming. Well, I, it didn't look like it because they start walking towards yeah, the yeah. green and then they all pause when, they, <laughs> when you start busting it out. And then when you landed it, they all started cracking up. But it was so funny that they were, even they were, like their eyebrows were raised. Like, they're really going to hit, they're going to hit. Well, they like knew this. that we planned it. Gotcha. They all saw it in the team room and they, I don't think they knew we were going to do it at that moment. Um, I mean, is it, do you look back at, so uh, I don't know, looking back through your career, like in, as of 2013, you were, you were 29 years old and playing on the web.com tour. That's right. Uh, do, do you look back and that was four years ago, here I am playing now in like the pinnacle event of 2017. Does that seem like a fast transition to you? Yeah, it does, man. And in 13, I was having a really tough time on the web.com tour. I knew I was going back to the PGA tour and I knew I wasn't playing well enough to go compete on the PGA tour. And that's when I made the change to John Tillery. And, you know, from then to here has kind of been fast forward and, and mostly in part to what he's, he's helped me with. And now I'm in the top, uh, upper echelon of the tour and and uh want to keep going so what's he helped you with ball striking you know yeah. i i wasn't a great driver of the ball and and never felt confident over it and it's turned one of my biggest weaknesses into my biggest strength so i lead the tour or in the top part of the tour every year in driving accuracy and i think that's a big part of my career what changed from a swing technical standpoint i mean is, is yeah, it really it was, technical uh, or is it mental it, oh it was big time technical he he uh, often reminds me when i show up at his place he'll put the first swing he has of my the first day I showed up to now and you're thinking, how did that guy ever make it to the PGA tour compared to what it looks like now? So it's been a long road and a lot of people don't see the sweat and the cussing and the yelling at each other and the six hour days and, and hitting bays working on things. And, uh, the, the cool thing about JT is that it's not just standing over a ball and hitting a shot. It's a lot of movement patterns. It's a lot of retracing your brain on, this is how this is works. And, uh, uh, we don't always just like I was there yesterday and we were in gym shorts and t-shirt for three hours working out doing different movement stuff trying to train body patterns I mean is your confidence once you kind of get through that transition well a did it feel like a long transition from and I, and I know like when you go from tearing a swing down I don't know how much you I don't know if right. you consider what you did tearing your swing yeah, down absolutely. but I mean you're, you're you're gonna go through a time period where your results are it's it's you got to trust the process and you, you're gonna the results just aren't going to really be there. Was that, did that feel like a long time before you finally got to where you were comfortable or well, as, as bad as I felt when I showed up, I was, I was at a perfect point. It was almost like, I don't care, man, right. anything you can do to help me. I know I can't compete with what I have right now. So it, I, I didn't show up thinking that I was the greatest player ever. I showed up kind of like, I'm ready to quit or you're going to help me. That helps. And yeah. I think that's a big part of where I, why I'm here. And, uh, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, about, eight months in or i think it was a full year around we were at the honda which is a demanding ball striking golf course wind blowing hard shots and back right pin with water right into the wind was like my nemesis shot and i hit this six iron right at it and i was like damn that was it i've never hit that shot like that (laughs) in a a tournament i'm i'm normally bailing out way left making bogey and wanting to kill myself walking the next tee so that was kind of a turning point in, in our career is like, oh, yeah, this stuff's actually working even in competition. You can trust it. Yeah, and it just I mean, is that, that's got to just do wonders for your confidence. I mean, do you are you at a totally different level of confidence when you tee it up now? 
Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, you're anybody, you know, when you start getting better, you start forgetting where you were. And I only want to get better. And if I start hitting it poorly now, I'm like, what in the world are we doing? He's like, dude, you're hitting it so much better than you think you are. So yeah. you got to kind of rem- remember where you were and, and how far you've come. Because 15, going back to 15, that was kind of – did it feel like at the players – you're in the playoff for the players, the, one of the biggest events of the year. Did that feel at that point like the biggest moment of your career? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, stepping on that uh, on that stage with Ricky and, and Sergio and not nobody really knew who I was and, and – uh, you know, coming through and hitting the shots I hit coming down the stretch. I mean, that that's probably why I'm, I've played well since then. Is right. uh, you know, I didn't win, but I didn't lose, and I hit a lot of great shots and and uh, gave myself a chance. And you know, without Ricky pulling off a great finish, I probably would have been in Players Championship yeah. uh, winner. So um, that kind of catapulted the year and the rest of my career. I think you probably, you, I would imagine, you walked away from that 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 week on a on a big high even though you didn't win that had to be kind of deliver the message to you like this is yeah, where i belong for sure yeah. you know if i'd have chunked chunked it in the water on 17 and lost that way i'd right. have, i'd have felt terrible but you know walking away hitting it burning 17 in, in regulation and then hitting a uh burning again in the playoff and then hitting another good shot in the playoff again those are those are shots you'll always fall back on when you're in that situation did you and you lost two more playoffs later that year did you did that how do, how do you balance like the, being so amazingly close to win versus just knowing that you're right there. I mean, was that tough to deal with those I think losses? When you, uh, when I look back at it, I was always like where I came from, you know, I, I played two years on tour, never had a chance to win, played another year, never had a chance to win. Now all of a sudden I had three chances and I felt like I hit pretty good shots in all the playoffs. And I know how hard it is to win. Some guys play the tour for many years and never win. So I knew I was going to eventually break through and I'm just glad I did. What, I mean, now that you've won twice on tour, do your goals and expectations change when you tee it up? Like, I mean, what are you just, are you teeing up expecting to win? Is it a totally different mindset? Yeah. You, you, I say this all the time. Your mindset on the first tee on Thursday sets up your whole week. And, and if you go in just trying to make the cut, you're going to be on that cut line on Friday afternoon. And if you're going in to win, you're going to look up on Friday afternoon, you're going to be in fifth place and feeling good. So, uh, I, I just work hard on my motion and, and trying to do the things I know I have to do to play well, and then I tee it up on Thursday trying to win. And and I set my schedule up to places that I feel like I can win. I right. think that's a big deal. I mean, for somebody like you, you're 33 now, right? Right. Yes. I mean, you've, you know, looking at your kind of trajectory and what you've been through and where, like, so come take me back to, like, coming out of school. What was what was your amateur career like? What was Were you heavily recruited right. uh, going into Georgia? And right. what, what were your kind of first years of playing professional golf? Yeah, like? so I, I – was a pretty good junior player had a lot of offers to go to a bunch of different schools and when I pulled up to Athens I fell in love with it and you know really in my college career I actually digressed probably uh some from freshman year to senior year and that might be due to Athens and great town and partying and what happened there good looking women (laughs) so I actually when I left school I went to work for my dad and for a few months I went and worked with him and, and helped him do some land development stuff and I remember thinking this is sucks I'm going to hit some range balls, and that's kind of where it started. And he, I asked him if I could if I could go play some mini tours, and he helped me out with some cash, and never looked back. And and uh, my my career's kind of progressed from there. Um, I I wasn't even ready to turn pro right out of school, and I went back for a semester and hung out and did the whole football scene, and then turned pro that next spring and had a great time. And I had a great time on the mini tours, and and every year my game progressed better and better. That's got. A- question i'm always curious to ask the guys that play like on the mini tours how that funding works and how how you how you do day-to-day stuff because i mean you 
unless you're winning those events, you're, you're not you're not making a living no. off those events. So you I said was you, fortunate back then. They had some mini tours that had some money. I think I made over a hundred grand two years in a oh, row wow. in the mini tours. So I was fortunate. Dad gave me like fifteen thousand uh, dollars to start out, and I think I won my third event on the mini tour. So I never looked back and didn't have to ask for money, which is pretty fortunate compared to what a lot of guys are doing these days. Who are some? You played the Hooters tour, was that right? Oh, yeah. Who was? Who are some legends you play with out there? I mean, I, I know that's a totally different vibe. I, I heard like Ted Potter Jr. is like a legend on the many tours oh, yeah. and stuff he like that. Every, he used to win every week. Yeah, uh, I always hung out with Josh Broadway, the cross handed cross handed yeah. golfer. He was my boy, and uh, we traveled a lot together and, and played many tours and web.com tours. But it's a whole different dynamic than the PGA Tour. You know, you're loading up. Got a clothes rack full in the back seat of a Tahoe, loading up your bags, traveling six, eight hours to the next event on Sunday, staying in Roach Motels with three or four guys and uh, trying to save money any way you can. And uh, Now it seems like, hey, we're going to JW Marriott's and uh, and getting cars brought to us when we land. So it's it's a big drastic difference between the two tours. There's no going backwards from this. No, you can never see yourself going back once you get there. Just- that kind of drives you to work hard, though, yep. you know? Because I, you know, I've been there and I don't want to ever go back to that. That's what. Anytime I get the chance to kind of drill home how many guys there are at that like mini tour level slash web dot com level, right? And that it's it's got to just be so easy to wonder if you are blending into this group or if you have something different than right. the rest of these guys had. So at that time, and I'm I, speaking to you know your swing changes you made recently, it sounds like your confidence level is way different now than it was then. But at that time, did you look around and be like, I, I'm more talented than a lot of these guys? Or was that well, something Well, I always won at every yeah. level. And I think that's what's huge. And I tell these kids all the time, they ask me questions. I'm like, if you're not winning the mini tours, how are you expecting to win on the PGA Tour? So the number one goal we all play for is trophies and, and wins and – uh, so I feel like you need to win at every level that you play at, and I was fortunate to do that. What uh, what what does Tiger call you? He's got like a little nickname for everybody. What's he call you? He just calls me Kizzy. Kizzy. And, uh, he adds a I E or Y yeah, to everyone's and, uh, nickname. So I had a little plaque that they gave us with a flag, and I got everybody to sign it uh, from the President's Cup. And I was like, write something smartass on there, whatever you want, whatever I make fun of you of. And he wrote Kisner who. I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> Anything he does, though, is going to be oh, from, yeah, the, like from that how, realm. Is how gonna, good how good he was yeah. compared to how bad you are. Yeah. What uh, what is? Do you have like a favorite tiger story? A go to tiger story uh, that's tellable. <laughs> <laughs> President Scully walked in with a drink one night at the team room, and he had like a cherries in it and vodka and like the biggest fruity drink you've ever seen i was like good lord what are you seven is this your first vodka drink ever i mean put some tonic water in there or something and everybody died laughing he's like well the cherries are good kids i'm like good lord you're like my daughter (laughs) i always wonder what he drinks that's that's interesting uh have you been to the woods jupiter i have not no we went there last night it was pretty good i heard it's good good. food it's good vibes good food uh good mac and cheese but jt always says he goes in there a lot so he was there last night i was like like, how often do you come he says one or two times a week as many as five or six right (laughs) it must be nice to be 24 rich and and not have anything to do so you go to the woods every night (laughs) so how you're married now how long have you been married now i've been married five years five years and you have one kid two two kids eight week old boy and a three and a half year old girl congratulations yeah we we got our hands full so was that, I mean, that, so doing the math there, it kind of sounds like you, you were having, your first child was right around the time you were making major swing changes then, is that right? Yeah, well, so she was born in uh, 14, so right before I started to play great, so people say fatherhood's good on me. Uh, 
you know, it probably is. It makes you mature pretty fast and, and realize, hey, you know, I, you know, I used to have a lot of fun and and now you're going to bed at 830 when your child is. Right. And, and you got more time to prepare and, and your weeks are kind of cut out around their schedule, not yours. So what you said you used to have a lot of fun. Was that like the mini tour days where they get pretty, pretty rowdy or even your oh, younger yeah, years man. on tour? You're always doing something stupid on the mini tours. And, uh, cause it doesn't seem like that on the big tour. I mean, no, I, during no. playing weeks, guys, and I was kind of surprised when I was over in Asia, I thought there'd be more of a, a scene at night and the dudes are in bed by like eight o'clock. Yeah. It's business, man. And, and as guys get older, you know, you play 25, 30 events in the year, you get beat up and worn out pretty quick. So uh, Sunday nights are still fun on tour. If you got your boys around and you played well, you can have a good time. But once you, you start having a family and they're traveling with you, all that partying stuff's over. You Hangover with kids is the worst. They don't know what's <laughs> going on, and they want you to still be you, and uh, it's the worst. So you usually stay in town then after Sunday and leave on Monday? Cause that's <laughs> Not now, the, no, but yeah. I used to. Yeah. Uh, whenever I you know, I would just spend the night and fly out again on Monday with my wife or yeah. before her, I'd just do it on my own. But Who are the best like, guys to go rip it up with? Oh, man, I love partying with Boo. Yeah, I don't know if you ever hung out with Boo. <laughs> I've never hung out with them, but Boo's that's got to be a good one. Greatest, yeah. yeah. You know, I, it's weird. I either hang out with the Rednecks or I hang out with all the guys from California. Yeah, so, like the Kevin Chapels, Charlie Hoffman's, Andres Gonzalez. Those dudes. It's weird. Like I remember, I was hanging out with Andres Gonzalez myself and Jim Renner, who's from Boston. Can't get three more. Pol- yeah, different <laughs> yeah. parts of the world. And we're out at a bar late one night, and the chicks are like, "What in the hell is this crew? We got Boston accent." hippie with a <laughs> mustache and this redneck that we can't understand i was like yeah that's my crew don't worry about it <laughs> what is like your level of uh like fame when you go out somewhere are you non-golf place do you get recognized very often not that big that's, deal no yeah. i mean i don't i don't mind it too much uh you know golf people recognize you but yeah that's about it that's kind of a good a good place to live i would think you Absolutely. play good enough that Amen. golf people know who you are but you can go and have peace and quiet with your family and whatnot. Absolutely. I feel like, yeah, I mean, definitely we were just in here with, with Jim Furyk and he's talking about how he gets recognized a lot at restaurants, but right. there's gotta be like, we've always said like the dream career is probably Charles Howell. Like, oh like, yeah. Uh, probably the, made 30 million bucks and, and uh, can do whatever he do wants. Do whatever he wants. No exactly. Doubt. Right. So, um, what is like, do you have like a, what's your favorite, like go-to Phil story? Oh man, Phil stories. You know, we're, we got like the most drastic difference in, uh, personalities but they kind of mesh because we love to talk trash to each other so we played a kind of a president's cup match at uh pga this year him and strick played chappie and i and we're walking off the second hole and he probably hit some terrible t-ball and i said something smart ass to him and he looked up and he's like all befuzzled and he's like kids you're the only one on this tour that get like you're the only one that can get me i'm like what do you mean he's like well, you say the same kind of shit talking that I do, and I don't know how to come back, and it pisses me off. <laughs> I was like, He's used to I'm running in your show. head, buddy. Yeah. Let's get together on Sunday whenever we got a chance coming down the stretch. I'm in your head. It's amazing to me how you know people get on me because I, I, I obsess over the team events, Ryder Cup and President's right. Cup and whatnot, but how often it comes up in conversation with – it's so much different than what you guys normally do and how much it means to you. I mean, you even just alluded to it earlier when you said once you're on one, it kind of – I'd imagine – the, the the Ryder Cup is just a, a goal that is near oh, yeah. the top of the list. Probably number year. one for the year. You yeah. Know? Obviously, we always start out trying to make it to Tour Championship in East Lake to have a chance to win the FedEx Cup. But uh, team events, you know, I've played with Cooch right before the President's Cup at, in Boston or somewhere, and I asked him about it, and he's like, all I can tell you, kids, is whenever I played in one, I knew I didn't want to miss another one, and that still still seems that way after yeah. all these. And uh, 
you know, it's just so much fun because you never get to hang out with these guys. Exactly. Like you, you get to see them in the locker room, whatever, play golf with them. But it's a totally different atmosphere when you're staying in hotel rooms or just like we were doing in a small room for an hour and a half, six nights in a row, just yeah. BS and having some drinks. And you get to really know people, and that's what's the cool part. Probably takes you back to college, too, traveling oh, as a like team. it's like a frat party. Yeah. That's all it is. And, uh, you know, everybody's there to help each other, which is completely opposite of every other event. Go back to – let's go back to the Quail Hollow this year. Yeah. Uh, you had a great fin- a great finish, great week overall. Did you walk away – you were leading going into Sunday. Did you walk away from that week on a, on a high, on a dis- level of disappointment? I'm sure there was some disappointment yeah. with the way you I finished. I was probably more disappointed on that Sunday than any of my other chances to win just because I felt like I was playing great. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of let it get away, and then I came back and then, you know, hit, hitting the water on 16 and 18 – you know, we're unfortunate we got rain again overnight and a lot of mud balls in the fairways. And uh, it's just hard to hard to compete with that. And JT played great. Obviously, he won. I wasn't going to beat him unless I played great coming down the stretch. But, you know, I was happy. to. I, my goal for the year was to have a chance to win a major. I'd never done that. You know, I had a bunch of chances on regular tour events, never had a chance to win a major. And so that was cool. Last one of the year I had a chance, and I think that's going to set me up for a great 18. Do – I mean – was the pressure that much different that Sunday than it was earlier in the week or different than any other pressure you felt in, say, the Players' Championship? You know, the golf courses are just so demanding in, yeah. in major championships, and I think that's what's so cool about what not only Jack but Tiger did and in, in winning so many of them because things – not only do you have to play great, but things have to go your way when the conditions are that difficult. And, uh, you know, I had a chance coming down the stretch, and, and you know, I wasn't – overly nervous i was you know hitting good shots and and giving myself a chance but uh just didn't work out things will work out sooner or later is there, uh, when you're when you're not playing tournaments are you watching golf on tv never never couldn't tell you one person that's won this fall <laughs> you have no idea who's won somebody i was hitting balls on sunday somebody asked me what brownie was doing at the club and i was like I didn't even know if he made the cut. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, Justin Rose is winning everything on the Euro Tour, and then Patrick Cantlay just won. He's got a tough life, old Rosie. Yeah. He just keeps winning medals struggle. and trophies and everything else. Well, I guess I don't know if you can answer this question, then I was going to say maybe what's something that like golf media talks about or something you hear on TV that you just kind of roll your eyes at? Like that's, that's not reality at all or any uh, kind of – a lot of people don't understand. Like I always give Demeglio from USA Today shit about conditions. So people don't understand how drastic like wind change, wind direction changes are. And I don't think the media covers that well enough about how the golf course changes day to day. They more or less just think we should make birdie on every hole. And why in the hell is that hole playing hard? And why did you hit that shot? And I think analysts could do way better job of understanding why we're trying to do certain things. Interesting. I've heard that one, wind direction specifically. Yeah. But, uh, all right, man. I know you got a busy day. Appreciate you taking 30 minutes with us, but no uh, Thanks it's a good time. Me. You bet. Yeah. And I'll uh, love to do it again sometime. Best of luck with the rest of the yeah. year. And, hope you uh, don't have anybody die on another flight when we're set up. I uh, <laughs> hope not as well. So, all right, brother. Thanks all right, man. Me. Take all care. Right. Thanks. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Yeah. that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.